Hi there, and welcome to Project. I'm your host, Christina, and today we're going to be going through why your ads aren't working. This is a topic that I've covered about a thousand times um, with different groups throughout the years, and people always think that there's a really simple answer to why their ads aren't working, and then I throw all of these it depends at them, and I think I blow their mind a little bit. So prepare for a little bit of mind blowing, but don't worry, I got your back. Have a listen. Welcome to why your ads aren't working. This is a hot topic for a lot of small businesses and entrepreneurs, so I am honored to take you through it. Um, just a little bit of background on me and why I have any kind of authority to talk to you about this. Um, I have worked, I've lived many lives, many, many lives, but two things that are going to be really important for you to understand about my background as we dive into this. One, I was a senior communications consultant at a media agency um, in Germany working with Lego and Mattel. So I understand the strategy that goes behind building up ad platforms or not ad platforms, but ad campaigns. Um, and two, after that, I worked at Meta as an SMB consultant. So basically, I spent my entire day consulting small businesses and entrepreneurs on the Meta ads platform. So I have a little bit of insight into why ads would not be working. The first thing we need to do is we kind of need to take in a little bit of stock of what ad pl platforms you're currently using. And if you're only using one, if you're using a bunch, just keep that in mind. And we're going to go through a lot of these as we go through this presentation today. Let's just start here. Ad platforms are confusing, period, the end. It is 100% designed to be that way um, because we have very complicated minds building these, right? They're not small businesses creating ad platforms for small businesses. That's just not how it's working. Then these ad platforms offer up this simplified version of creating ads, which basically takes away decisions from you and inserting a lot of AI into it. So I just need to say it out loud because of transparency, make no mistake, these people do not have your best interest at heart. This is very much a pay to play. This is very much a not setting up small businesses for success um, because they don't have the money or budget to see success on ad platforms. But there are some things that we do have control over. One of those things is you're boosting ads or using smart ads, right? So that's what we just kind of talked about. Two, your ad setup is flawed. We'll go through this. Three, your customer journey is messy, but don't worry, we can fix it. Let's start from the beginning. You are probably boosting ads or using smart ads if you're using the Meta or Google platforms. Um, are you using them? Yes or no? Um, boosting a post on Facebook or Instagram is super easy. Yes, your content will go to more people than it would organically, but honestly, most of those people aren't going to engage with your business in the way that you want them to because you're not taking advantage of the entirety of the meta ad platform. So if we have a look here at what the features are between a boosted page post and a Facebook ad, you're going to see that there are a whole host of other options you have when you do a Facebook ad or a meta ad platform, right? You can target language, behavior, you can create an ad schedule, choose a bid type. A bid type, for those of you who may not be aware, is... Are you trying to reach more people? Are you trying to increase brand awareness? Are you trying to drive traffic to your website or are you trying to convert a sale? Um, the reason we choose a bid type or an objective um, is so that we understand how to then do a bid type. Oh my God, this gets really complicated really fast. A bid type is then um, how the auction works. So when you 
create an ad and the opportunity for that ad to show up comes up, everybody who wants to present to that person goes to a very quick auction. And then essentially whoever has the best setup, has the best content and is paying the most money wins. So a bid type would refer to, are you trying to pay the least amount to win this auction? Or are you trying to spend a specific amount for an auction to win and you don't want to spend any more than that? You get that opportunity when you use the meta ad platform. You do not get that that opportunity when you do a boosted post. Um, there are a bunch of other different things, custom audiences, lookalike audiences, and and much, much more. You get all of those things when you do the meta ads platform, not when you do a boosted post. The same goes for Google. So when you sign up for a Google ad account, you're essentially going to be forced into using smart ads, and you do not want to do that. Um, Google uses AI that applies to businesses of all sizes and not to your business specifically, which can lead to budget inefficiency. This happened to me actually just the other week. Um, Google recommended that I switch up the type of bidding that I was doing for a kid's haircut salon and suggested that I maximize conversion versus maximize clicks as I would, you know, get more conversions and therefore more efficiency to the business. So in listening to Google, I tried it out. And about a month later, our impressions halved, our clicks halved, and it was just not very efficient for what our business is. Because at some point, humans do know better than AI. It's just kind of, just kind of how it works, right? So if we look here at smart mode versus expert mode, it's very lightweight. Like I get it. You're a business owner. You've got a lot on your plate. And sometimes smart mode is what you want, but you need to know that if you do smart mode, you are giving up budget efficiencies. Um, in expert mode, you have way more control, but you are going to have to manage it on a weekly basis. Your ad setup is flawed. I mean this in the kindest way possible. Ad setup includes a bunch of different steps from the beginning to the end. So setting an objective. I think I went through this before. We have reach, brand awareness, traffic, messages, conversions, video views, search, display. These are between Meta and Google mostly. So you need to also think about what your business objectives are when you're going into creating this ad. And for a lot of people, they dive in straight to sales, straight to conversions without thinking of what's called the top of the funnel. We're going to go into that later, so remember that. It also includes your target audience. So this means you really need to understand who you want to see this ad, gender, age, their interests, their keywords, etc. We need our start and our end dates, how much you want to spend on a daily budget, and note that this may not always happen. So you're setting a daily max budget, not how much they're going to spend. If the inventory isn't there, they're not going to spend the money. Next is having a clear message to be communicated within two seconds. Listen, I probably also already lost a bunch of you on this chat and we're about six and a half minutes in. Why is that? We have the attention span of goldfish, right? So it's most important to get any important communications out within the first sentence in the first two seconds to really get people. Um, and then within your ads, please, 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 no text over photos. It's technically allowed, but you will still see less reach um, if you have a photo with text. Also, it's just kind of not a great user experience. Also, a lot of times it's just way too much happening at one time. The third thing we're, not the third, but the last thing we're going to want to include is a call to action. If somebody sees your ad and you don't tell them what you want to do next, they're not going to do it. I hate to say it this way, but like people are stupid. 
So like you really need to hit them over the head with, this is what I want you to do next after you see this ad. Step three, your customer journey is messy. Okay, this is the major chunk, right? So hold on to your hats, everybody. We're diving in. One of my biggest questions for y'all is this. Do you currently have a marketing strategy? If you do, fantastic. If you don't, that's cool. I probably got some content for you as well when it comes to marketing strategy. I'm going to take you through kind of the basics here. Um, let's talk about building a digital foundation. Okay. That starts with your website. So I want you to look at your website and, and really think of it as objectively as you can and answer these questions. Is the layout easy to follow? Are the images clear? Is the font easy to read? What is the loading speed of your website? Do you have clear calls to action? And if applicable, is it set up to drive online conversions? Um, a website is literally the basis of marketing and everything else builds on top of it. So it is very crucial that you ensure that your website is set up for success. On top of that, we layer search engine optimization or SEO. So is your website optimized for search engines? Are you using the right keywords for your business in the content on your website? Are those keywords also in the image alt text? Is the technical SEO, excuse me, set up correctly? This includes page names, title tags, meta descriptions. Honestly, y'all, SEO is something where I don't really understand it all either. I know the generals, and a lot of times this is a great place to hire out an expert to make sure that SEO is in chef's kiss state for your website. On top of SEO, after that, I want you to look at your organic content. What is your organic content strategy? What social media channels are you on? And is that driving any return on investment? Like increased traffic, increased leads, increased sales. I'm going to tell you something that might change your life. Um, pause for effect. You do not need to be on Instagram. You do not need to be on Facebook. We, we really need to take a look at what your business is and what channels it should or should not be on. And that comes within thinking of the customer journey. Here's an example, and we'll go into this more later. You are a cleaning service and you are, you think you need to be on Instagram. When you get on Instagram, would you engage with a cleaning service or is a cleaning service that you go to Google and you want to find as a solution to a problem that you have? right? It's called a lean forward versus lean back. So a cleaning service, I'm leaning forward and actively looking for a cleaning service. It's not something I stumble upon and I'm like, oh, you know what? I should. Versus say you own like a t-shirt company and you're selling t-shirts for like 20 bucks. I could be scrolling Instagram, see a cute t-shirt and be like, oh yeah, I'll purchase that. I don't need it, but I will purchase it. Right. And so that's more of a lean back medium. Think about your business and how they're going to interact with social media when it comes to your business. You don't need to be on social media. What is your product messaging by channel? So if you are on Google and you are on Instagram, say if you have a Google business and an Instagram account, you can't see the same things on both channels, right? People go to Google looking for solutions or answers to their questions slash problems. That's what you need to provide them there. Very simple to the point. 
on Instagram, it's about storytelling. It's about visuals, right? So your product messaging has to change on each of those channels. And then how are you following up after initial contact, after second contact, after purchase, 30 days after purchase, and do you send emails? So we're going to go a little bit more into customer journey later, but this is the beginning of starting to map that out. Only after you've built this digital foundation, your website, the SEO, the organic, do I want you to even think about paid ads. And before you go into paid ads, we need to understand the sales funnel by paid channel. We need to determine goal KPIs for each funnel stage and then determine a budget. A lot of people ask me, what kind of budget should we think about? And I'm going to tell you at a very basic minimum, $10 a day per channel, not in total and per campaign. So you need quite a bit of money, at least $300 to get started. And even from that, I wouldn't I don't think you're going to see a lot of results. It's shit, but it's true. Sorry. So let us dive into the digital sales funnel. This is what it looks like. Awareness, engagement, traffic, conversions. WTF does that mean? Awareness is about building top of mind recognition for your brand or your company. And so this is where potential customers will hear about you for the first time. And that can be in a multitude of different ways, right? It could be at a farmer's market. It could be on a billboard that they're driving past. It can be a sponsored ad on Instagram. They could hear about you from a friend. They could get an ad, see an ad in a magazine or, you know, see you on social media or hear about you through an influencer. There are a thousand different ways to become aware of a brand or company. And that's why that is at the top of the funnel, right? Because the most people are coming in there and you're going to start losing people as you go further and further into the funnel. Engagement is the beginning of a beautiful relationship with your customer. So this is when your customers will take action with your brand or company. And that could be by following you on social, giving your brand or company name at Google, or liking, commenting, sharing a social media post. Traffic is going to be the lifeblood of your marketing funnel. And honestly, a lot of times people skip engagement and go straight from awareness to traffic, right? So this is where you get your potential customers to get really serious about you. It's like, okay, we can go on a date. So they'll click on a link to your website. They'll visit your website. Or if you're a brick and mortar, they'll walk into your store or restaurant or office, wherever your place of work is. This is where you really start to get people. So traffic is a lot of times where a huge focus is because this is where you're gathering your leads. And finally, conversion. So this is when you get your customer to do the thing you want them to do. And that's what's going to make you money. Um, it's where all the magic happens, baby. So this is your generated lead. This is your purchase. This is your booking. Let's look at KPIs by funnel, right? So just because we're doing activity here, we should have key performance indicators or KPIs by each stage. So when we look at awareness, we're thinking of reach. Reach is how far or how many people have seen your ad. Net reach is does not include how many people saw your ad multiple times, right? Um, reach can also be linked to impressions. We're getting a little bit technical here. So impressions is how many people saw it times how many times they saw it. Does that math math? I hope. Um, Frequency is how many times somebody has seen your ad and then view through rate as well. So did they watch 25% of your video? Did they watch 50% of your video, etc. 
Engagement KPIs are going to be these simple likes, comments, shares, follows, clicks. Traffic, click-through rate, bounce rate. Bounce rate is anybody who lands on your website and then leaves. Why might that happen? C, loading time. If your page doesn't load fast enough, people are already going to dip out or they clicked it on accident. Um, you also want to look at how much time people spent on your page and how many monthly users you have. A lot of that can be done via Google Analytics or Shopify if you have it. Conversion. This is your leads, your sales conversion rate, right? How many people, conversion rate is how many people are coming onto your website and then how many people are actually purchasing from you. So let's go through an example. This is actually a client of mine, Giddy Glamour. They have an online and a physical boutique. They are based in Huntsville, Texas. They have multiple target audiences. They have college-aged women. They have women who are interested in rodeo and then plus-size women. They've been in business for quite a long time. Um, so their digital marketing objective at this stage of their business is to drive online sales. They use Facebook and Instagram, Google, both shopping and keyword. They're also a Google business for their physical locations. They use Pinterest, TikTok, email marketing, and text message marketing as well. So if we go through the funnel as Giddy Up Glamour, let's look at awareness. Awareness, they do a lot of events that are localized to their physical locations. Um, and they have ads promoting Giddy Up Glamour through their physical locations. They don't have any general brand awareness or reach ads happening anymore because they have quite a level of reach already. I mean, they, they've reached over a million people and they do so through their traffic ads. And we'll get to that in a hot second. When they look at engagement, a lot of it is through organic social media. So just they're posting on all of those platforms. And then again, those physical locations having events. That's how they engage with their customers. A majority, or at least where we really start with paid ads, is at traffic. So we have cold audience and warm audience. What's the difference? A cold audience is someone that hasn't heard of Giddy Up Glamour or has never interacted with Giddy Up Glamour. A warm audience is someone who has seen or interacted with Giddy Up Glamour in some way, shape, or form. So we have two ads running to them. We have best sellers running to our cold audience to basically introduce them to Giddy Up Glamour and the kind of products that we have. For those who have already interacted with Giddy Up Glamour, our warm audience, we are going to hit them with new arrivals so they understand that there's always newness coming into Giddy Up Glamour. This is also when we start email marketing. So anyone who subscribes to their newsletter on their website will get put into a welcome flow. And that's when they also get put into their newsletters that happen on a daily basis. We'll go into email marketing a little bit later, though, because that's its own beast, honestly. With conversion, we have ads that are retargeting website visitors with dynamic ads, depending on what they viewed on the website or added to cart. A lot of times here is where I go off on a tangent about how that happens. So Meta, Google, TikTok, Pinterest, all of these different ad platforms have something called a pixel. A pixel is a small piece of code, so it's invisible, it goes into the back end of a website, and that tracks user activity on your website, and then is able to find those people when they come back onto their platform. So, for example, the meta pixel will pick up on what you've added to cart on Giddy Up Glamour's website, and then when you're on Facebook the next time, and you, there's an ad space for you, they will show you an ad from Giddy Up Glamour, including what you looked at on Giddy Up Glamour's website and anything else that the algorithm deems you might like in addition. It's creepy, it's invasive, 
Um, and it's something I love as a marketer. And I know that's so hard. Um, it's like my values just like split into, honestly. So reasons I don't like this as a human, as a consumer, um, is because it feels like an invasion of property, property, privacy. I do love it though, because I get ads that are personalized to what I like. And that's what I also like as a marketer. I'm delivering ads that are relevant to the person. I don't want to show someone who's plus size, something that is only comes in a size small. It's just not relevant for them. And why would you do that? That's torturous almost. Um, why would I give somebody who is interested in water sports? Um, this is a really weird example because I'm not sure where I'm going with it, but something, that, something that is not water sports related. We'll just, we'll just end it there. You understand what I'm saying, right? You want to have ads that are personalized because that's what consumers are, are asking for. It's what they want. Um, that's what they want in their email marketing as well. You want emails that are relevant to your everyday life. You don't want to get emails or ads that have nothing to do with it. So what I will say is, if you don't want this, the first step for you to do is to never accept all cookies. Um, that doesn't always impact the pixel, but what I will say is it will stop your information sharing. So anytime you hop on a website and they ask you to accept all cookies, don't do that. Customize your choices and then save those settings. Rant over. So if we look at a customer journey, we're just going to go through an example of, of, how, of how someone may move through the funnel, right? So we're going to start down here with seeing a pair of jeans on an influencer on Instagram. That influencer has tagged those jeans as Judy Blue Jeans. So this person goes onto Google and Googles Judy Blue Jeans. Giddy Up Glamour shows up as a sponsored shopping ad. Scrolling on TikTok, this person may see a Giddy Up Glamour ad and heads to the Giddy Up Glamour profile on TikTok comes back onto Google Chrome and goes directly to ShopGUG in a window to shop. Just a window shop, just to see what's happening. This person puts a pair of jeans into their cart and starts to check out, but does not finish purchase after they've added email. Then they get an email from Giddy Up Glamour to finish their purchase, which this person will open but doesn't act, which, side note, you should never, never, if you ever get one of those emails, always wait for the second or third email, because a lot of times what's going to happen is this. In the reminder email to purchase these pair of jeans, there's a discount code. You're welcome. And that's when this person would purchase those pair of jeans. Ah, but the journey doesn't end there, my friends. Um, it does not end with conversions. It ends, it's actually more of a cycle. We'll go into that in a second. After somebody adopts your product, or sorry, after someone buys your product or service, you want them to actually use it. They want you to use the service or use the product. And you also want them to become a repeat customer. You want to retain that customer. And finally, you want them to be advocates, right? Here at the bottom, you want your customers to spread word about your brand or company. Why? Because word of mouth is one of the most influential parts of marketing. I mean, honestly, anything that my best friend tells me to purchase, I will probably purchase way there's a higher probability that I'm going to purchase something my best friend recommends versus something that Kim Kardashian recommends. It's just the truth, y'all. So if we look at an example, we're going to we're going to head back into Giddy Up Glamour world now. So a purchase is made on the website requiring that customer to enter their email. So 
After they purchase, they'll get a thank you note immediately post-order, but 21 days after their purchase, they'll also get an email to check in on if they've worn their purchase yet and if they like it, right? Ask for a review. Um, and then you can also put in other pieces that would probably um, go with that. So say they bought the jeans. Why wouldn't you put a bunch of tops or sweaters in, depending on the time of year? Um, a lot of this post-conversion lives with in email marketing, I have to be honest. So once they've entered their email, they automatically go into marketing flows um, and other new arrival emails, so campaigns. So they'll get those weekly new arrival emails and other segmented emails as well, just to keep them in the loop about what's, what's landed at, at Giddy Up Glamour, um, how to style things, et cetera. And then finally, user-generated content is a really wonderful way to promote advocacy for your brand. Um, so Giddy Up Glamour will share any user-generated content of people wearing their products because why not? It's, a, it's, it's almost like you believe that Giddy Up Glamour is a good brand when you see other people wearing it, right? It's kind of like you need to read reviews of a restaurant before you go there. And a lot of times you want to see the menu. You want to see pictures of the items. Um, you actually want to read one bad review just to make sure that that, that person is, just to make sure that person is crazy, actually. Um, you know, because nothing is always five stars. So here's what an example would look like post-purchase. So this person receives their purchase confirmation and thank you note via email. The jeans arrive in a Giddy Up Glamour branded box with a handwritten thank you note. This person will snap a selfie in the jeans and sends a, an email or a text message, sorry, an email. I'm going to send an email with a selfie. Some people might. Um, she, she'll send a text to her friend for confirmation to make sure that they look good. The friend loves it, asks where those jeans came from, and then this person shares the Giddy Up Glamour brand with that friend. She wears the jeans out to a concert, posts a picture, and tags Giddy Up Glamour in that photo. Giddy Up Glamour then shares that tagged photo on their Instagram, and this person will start to follow Giddy Up Glamour on Instagram and TikTok because she feels like now she has a relationship with that brand. 30 days after purchase, Giddy Up Glamour sends a follow-up email to see how they're liking their purchase, and then this person is included in daily newsletters from Giddy Up Glamour moving forward. That was the sales funnel, but what the sales funnel and then the sales um, hourglass, that sounds right, but what it kind of turns into is actually a flywheel model. Um, and so the, the sales funnel really just puts the customers as an afterthought in a marketing and sales strategy, whereas the flywheel model really puts customers into the center of that strategy. Um, it really focuses on enhancing their journey, after they've become a customer and kind of nurturing them from that first interaction with your brand all the way until they become basically a mini influencer for you. It's about keeping customers happy. And when you keep customers happy, you get more customers. That's just how it works. Um, so this is what it looks like. I probably should have zoomed in a little bit now, but you know, you can take a screenshot, zoom in. Um, but it has here, it starts with awareness with this yellow one here, if you can see my mouse. And it goes all the way through consideration, conversion, onboarding, adoption, renewal, expansion and growth, into adoption again, renewal, loyalty and advocacy. And then it starts over maybe for a different product. Oh, I didn't know they had this. Oh, maybe I should buy this. Okay, I'm going to buy it. And then people just continue to go through this cycle, gaining momentum as they go, right? So the more that people purchase from you, the more they love you, right? They're basically saying, I accept this brand or company as a part of my sphere of influence. And they're, they are 
part of my everyday life at this point. So what do we focus on when we use the flywheel model? This might sound familiar. Um, your website. Make sure you present you and your brand as an expert in a space. Show use cases, show testimonials, and give details to make sure that you add value to this customer's visit to your website. Be thorough and be consistent when you explain your products. It might be annoying to you to have to over-explain because to you, you've explained it so many times, you've said it out loud so many times, but I need to tell you that someone needs to hear something seven times before they even start to understand the concept. So present materials about your product in many different ways, walkthroughs, tutorials, how-to articles, product highlights, videos, images, infographics, just do it ad nauseum because the second that you're tired of talking about it, your customers are just starting to understand it. Make sure you integrate the customer into your company. So one thing is don't be scared to use surveys or feedback forms to engage in a conversation. A lot of what we see social media is, is and people who, not people, brands or companies who don't see success in social media is that they're just putting out messages. They're just talking at their customers. And what you want to do is you want to talk with your customers. How do you do that? You do it by asking questions. You do it by asking for feedback. You make them feel like they're a part of the company and that they're heard. And by doing that, you're also involving them and making them feel like they're a part of it. And when they're a part of it, they want to support it. Reward your customers with affiliate programs or reward programs for being loyal to your business. This can take many different forms. Let it take the form that makes sense for you and your business, right? It doesn't have to be with money. It doesn't have to be with points. It can be simple. So let's talk about some 2023 and honestly 2024 trends since we're nearing the end of 2023 here. When it comes to digital ads, um, I'm not spicy when I say this. I'm just telling you to avoid Facebook. There's a lot of issues with data reporting ever since the last iOS update. Um, that means basically Facebook is costing more for less. It's also a super saturated ad market. Um, in, a in the last couple of weeks, it's September 25th as I record this, and the past couple of weeks with Meta Platform, Ads Platform, has been kind of a disaster. Um, there seems to be some prep for the holiday season. Things are more expensive. We're spending more for less results. So for small business and entrepreneurs, I'm just going to tell you to just avoid it if you don't have an F ton of money to spend there. Um, which is, which is what also kind of leads me to less is more. So especially when it comes to content, you need to provide value in your posts over quantity of posts. Like I really want you to think about if something is useful for your customer. Um, let me give you an example. I run a side project called What I Wish I Knew about becoming a parent. And basically all the things that I wish I knew before I became a parent that nobody told me or they told me once and I forgot about. I made posts that were fact-driven and timeless. I am still growing in followers even though I haven't posted since the beginning of July. People are still liking my posts. People are still following me because what's happening is my posts have provided value and timeless value. So people are coming to my Instagram profile and utilizing it as Pinterest. 
right? They're looking at all of my past posts and saving things that are relevant to them versus me just spitting out new content all the time. So think about how that could apply for your business. The third thing is SEO and user experience. We talked a lot about it here, um, user experience, at least in the customer journey. But search engine optimization is a constant to do. I think Google in, in the last year has changed its algorithm at least 400 times. So I highly recommend doing a health and wellness check on your SEO twice a year. And that's something if you can outsource it, outsource it. But if anything, just make sure that the keywords that you're using are still ranking. And there are plenty of free tools that you can use on the Google that will tell you what those keywords should be based off of your website content. Um, user experience is going to continue to take more of an important role in 20, 2023 and 2024. Um, so make sure it's smooth. Make sure it's smooth for your customer. Uh, more Google and TikTok. Um, Google is definitely taking over what Meta is lacking on. And TikTok is burst into the scene like, like a bat out of hail. Um, spread your ad dollars around on different channels if you have them, right? It's a lot like investing. You're going to want to diversify your investments. You're also going to want to diversify your ad money on different, on different channels. It depends. So a lot of times this is the part of a presentation where I start asking people if they have questions. And a lot of times people start giving me nuances based on their business and what should I do about this? And the answer is, it depends. I actually paid a lot of money to learn that it depends is the answer. That's what I got out of my master's degree is the answer to a lot of things is it depends. No business is exactly your business. It's not like businesses depend on who you are, where you're doing your business, to whom you're doing your business, what your business is. Um, and all of those factors have so many different combinations that it depends is often the answer. So anytime somebody is trying to give you a blanket market strategy, just run away as fast as you can because there is no blanket marketing strategy that works for everyone. It it depends. There are too many it depends for that to be for that to be worth it. I have a few other resources for y'all as well. So let's start with one. I'll move my face. SEO basics. So Google SEO basics, how to SEO for beginners and look for a SEMrush article. SEMrush is a really wonderful um, resource, not just for articles, but also for you to do your keyword research. Um, Google stop boosting Facebook posts, do this instead and look for a social media today article about some ad platform basics on Meta. They also, Meta also has something called Blueprint, which you can take courses to learn how to use the ad platform if you want. Thirdly, Google what are Google smart campaigns and why you shouldn't trust them and look for a click guard article. This will tell you more about smart ads. Um, and so you can make an informed decision, not based off of what I told you, but your own decisions on if you should use Google smart ads or not. Um, another thing is Google the 12 most common Facebook ad mistakes and look for an ad espresso article to look at more ad setup mistakes outside of the ones that we went through here today. Okay, start with why. Start with why is still super relevant. Um, it was a TED Talk by Simon Sinek that turned into a book. If you only have 10 minutes, watch the TED Talk. It's fantastic. If you have more than that, read the book. Um, consume any kind of Simon Sinek content, honestly. He is a wonderful thought leader in how to do storytelling. The title tells you exactly what this is about. But a lot of times when you're communicating with your people, start with your why, not your what. Um, it's what makes... Apple, 
sexy and Dell boring. He'll tell you more about that. If digital marketing is something that tickled your fancy, I highly recommend the podcast called Digital Marketing Today. It's a 15-minute daily podcast on everything in the news happening with digital marketing. It'll help you really stay abreast of any issues that are happening, where the trends are going, what the industry is talking about. And then finally, I need you to take a moment to thank yourself. Um, You took 35 minutes out of your day today to learn about why your ads aren't working that made yourself better. And in turn, that's going to make your business better. So show yourself some gratitude. Um, We all deserve to do that on a daily basis. And there you go. That's why your ads aren't working. Did I answer all your questions? Mm, Probably not. Um, If you have any questions, though, or any comments, do pop them underneath this podcast. I am listening and I will be hosting office hours to answer any questions you have about this or anything else marketing related. I am here for you. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time on Project.